the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. This is Oral Sessions, and we are all about Canadian babes today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by none other than Bonafide WWE Hall of Famer, perhaps the most successful woman in all of professional wrestling. Yes, I have on Trish Stratus. No, we're not wearing Canadian tuxedos. And was that a mistake? I would say absolutely. We really dropped the ball on that. But we do talk a lot of other Canadianisms. Um, as we get into the whole career of, of Trish Stratus, talk about, you know, obviously her time in WWE, talk about all the accolades, the things she's been able to achieve. Also, just her as like a badass mom. As I am, you know, as you're listening to these episodes, these are my maternity leave episodes. I am currently learning how to be a mom. So praise be for me during all of this. But, you know, having friends like Trish is somebody to like bounce ideas off of. Oh, my God. What a relief for me. She's just the best. She seems like she's got it all figured out and she, she runs a tight ship. I give it to her. I mean, just from like, you, I mean, you would see her Instagram. She's like mom of the year. I want to be like that mom of the year, wrestler of the year. She, she's got it all going for her. Uh, but yeah, Trisha's just somebody who's just constantly uh, yeah, a bit of an inspiration. I'm not even someone that's in the ring, but I will say you know, growing up in Toronto and seeing all the things that Trish was able to achieve. I mean, it was just like, it seemed like this larger than life, unachievable kind of situation of this superstar of who Trish Stratus was. So for me to be able to have her on the show and be able to call Trish a friend um, is very, very cool for me. Um, And this is a great episode. I think you guys are going to love it. Let's get into it. Here she is, WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus. What's going on? Well, you know, just sitting here up in Toronto, my home, because we were at stay home orders. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, that stuff. I still envy that. I mean, <laughs> I wish that I was there. I do envy it a lot. I mean, as much as... Hold on, not things- the stay-at-home orders, to be clear. No, of course not. Definitely not the stay-at-home orders. Those can go away. But, of course, you know, keeping safety... Uh, together, Doug Ford's got a lot of issues happening right now, it seems. Um, I-, I do just miss Canada terribly. I don't blame you. It's great here. It's the best. It's the best. I mean, of course, and you have family here and it's that that's that's of course why it's obviously the best as well. But there's also a good selection of food items. Right. Oh my God. So I just got a care package from my mom. I mean, and I've I got like that. who did that? That is so amazing. It's amazing. I've got like my ketchup chips, my bits and bites, my sour cream and bacon chips, some family digestive cookies, because you can't get those here. Do all Canadians love that? Because I love those. I don't think I realized that I love them until a friend of mine brought them to me. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I've not had these in forever. Bring me all of them. So that's like now on my list for so my for mom. For your viewers, it's a, it's a like a, what do you call it? Like an oatmeal kind of cookie? Yeah, it's just like a, like a standard like biscuit kind of cookie. Like it's very plain. And then it just has a, it's got a chocolate coating on top. Yeah, like a thin little milk chocolate coating. And then sometimes you could put the entire thing in your mouth and let the top just melt in your mouth. And anyway, delicious. And I've got the Tim Hortons cup here. My like Wayne Gretzky represent. Oh, I happen to be representing as well, actually. There we go. A little stratisfaction, baby. 
Um, okay, what were you going to show me? You were going to show me something right before we started. What do we got? So you know how like the Instagram world, you, you see something, you want to like respond, but then you're scrolling. So you keep going. You're like, I'll get back to that. And you just don't, right? Yes, of course. So you posted a picture. And I'm like, are we, is no one going to address the fact that you can, I'm going to put, can you see this? Oh, Did you not ever address that. Like, does anyone ever call you her twin? You know, what's her name? Mal- Melon Ackerman. Yeah. You know what? I actually used to get that quite a bit. And I was just doing an interview and someone asked me who the people are that I get. And I always get Kirsten Dunst. Okay. I see that. Sometimes yeah. Kristen Bell, but I don't know if that's so much like that we look alike. I don't know, but I used to get Melon Ackerman all the time. Who do you get? I haven't got anyone in a while. I used to get um, I used to get, uh, probably with my dark hair, Angelina Jolie, which thank you. <laughs> Hell, oh my God. I mean, could there be a better one to get? Isn't it the silliest thing to get? So like, oh, thank you. Like they're, they're not saying you're, they're just saying you kind of look like that gorgeous person actually. <laughs> it's, but it's amazing. But I mean, listen, if you, if I get like a relation to somebody like that, I'll take it. Yeah. I took, so I took that. Yes. Um, yeah, no. And I used to get Jessica Simpson like back in the day when she was, I could see that actually. Yes, a square jaw. I think that those are both girls have the square jaw. Yeah, that that is a really good one, actually. I mean, a lot of times I feel like people are just like, oh, you remind me of like my friend's sister. I'm just like generic girl number five. I'll take it. Um, What else is going on in Canada right now? How has lockdown been for you? Because it's been on and off and on and off. And like things are strict in Canada. Okay, so we got real strict this time around because we had to. Like, it's funny because look, I know it's a tricky thing to talk about because people get all like into the thing of it all. We don't need to do that here. But um, really the numbers, they just speak for themselves. The numbers we're going with, we're going. And I don't know if they're like, oh, real numbers and not real numbers, whatever. The point, the point is, is our ICU units were like maxed out. We had like 500 beds available. We're at 542. They've taken all the children's wings. Like the hospitals are now admitting, they, they've moved them and they've admitting adults into those. Like it's, it's out of control. So like, what else are they going to do in order to stop this? So we did like, did stay at home orders, but there was, they were real extreme. They had like the two things they said that people went nuts for was, um, and here I was, I just came out, like, I just came out with um, a girlfriend of mine. We just were like, let's just get the kids to the park. They know how to distance. Like they go to school. There's these kids are so good. Like you wouldn't even believe it. Like they're so resilient and they're so adaptable. Like they're just, they put on their hat, their scarf and their mask. Yeah. But they know they, and they're fine with it. Like they, it's okay. Whatever health. And, and I know there's so many issues to talk about these little things, carbon mm-hmm. blah, 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 but, um, it's what we're doing right now. Right. And so they were masked up, they were distanced. They were doing their thing at the park. We we're outdoors. There's low risk for transmission outdoors. And we were like, we wrote, we were texting each other going, wow, that was great for them. Dot, dot, dot. And us like for the mental break for us to like get out and have the fresh air. And it also it's been really cold. So imagine being locked down and it's been cold, can't go outdoors. You know what I mean? So, so anyway, we just came off that high. And then the, the announcement came out that like stay at home orders are starting. And by the way, no playgrounds, that was like a huge, no playgrounds. They were closing the playgrounds and they were saying that police would be stopping people. Randomly. I saw that, that they're like, really like they're not messing around. I mean, even me, I was like, um, sorry, we just came to the playground. It's my responsibility as a, as a parent to social distance my children, because what's the difference? Like you guys can go to the, gro- to the grocery store, but be responsible adults, distance yourself, you know, like wear your mask and da, da, da. So I should, why is it different, especially outdoors where there's like, there's literally, if any lower cases or uh, number of cases that have come from outdoors. Anyway, so everyone was up in arms. So he did come back and he actually reversed that. So he took that away. He apologized for that. So yeah, so, so, so it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I personally, I might, I make lemonade out of lemons. Like, what am I going to do? I've just been 
crafts and kid time. And honestly, I've been traveling for 20 years straight with my, with my career. I'm loving it. Like I like being at home. My kids are never going to be this age again. You'll see how special it is when this special age, I look at sometimes the little one, I'm like, she's like, this close to being not little anymore. You know what I mean? The last form. And it's like, I just, I'm so, I feel so blessed to be at home with her right now and just enjoying both of them and, and watching as they're growing up. And now we're doing homeschooling. It's very tough. Like my kid's seven. So like, what can I, you know, they, they're, he's pretty independent because he's now experienced a little bit, but you know, sometimes I'll walk, if I go upstairs and do something, I'll come back and he's like <laughs> looking out the window. You know what I mean? So it does take like, I got to like, and I put all my stuff on hold for work. Like, I mean, that just- happens at school anyways. Right. I mean, how often are you going to, I mean, I used to fall asleep in class all the time. My teachers were probably like, do you sleep at home? I'm like, yeah, but like this lesson's boring. That's hilarious. <laughs> how do you stay? Um, how do you, because it seems to me like you've got, I mean, obviously you've got the mom thing on lock. But during all of this, how do you find your inspiration? Because you are always doing crafts and you're baking and you're decorating like you're always doing something. I am. I don't know. I just I think it's just the it's the drive to like make keep my kids interested, keep them stimulated, knowing that they don't have like the extracurriculars we have. The play dates aren't there. The play we'd go to play like I would just after school, we'd go to the play center so they could just run around, be active, climb on the thing, do all all that good stuff. And they're not doing that right now. So I have to find that's my responsibility, right, to find ways to stimulate them and really it's funny because people are like oh how are the kids doing like are they okay with this lockdown to be honest they don't they haven't noticed it like they're at the age thankfully like I know older kids are probably more noticing it because they know what a play dates are my kid have, they're not really established so all they know is what I give them so and at I least per- they're there together right like at least that you have siblings so they can like you know hang out together do they get along like that siblings are siblings right do you have any siblings I have one brother. Yeah. And we were like totally different growing up. So like we would not have been doing the same things. Yeah. We're at the stage two where he is getting a little like Max is like getting out of like the shows that she's into. And so we had to like find what show can I still get them to watch? You know, so there's a bit of that, but, but they are now also, they're like growing apart in interest, but also now they're getting, she's old enough that she's a person to him where they can play and they can. And so they've been, I mean, the other day I was actually, I was on the phone with Amy, we were doing FaceTime and I just, I switched the phone over and the two of them were just chatting away and the two just walked by on like, not even noticing me. And they've got caps and a base and they've got their backpacks and they've got pillows and and then they're talking <laughs> about going camping so they've just on their own gone off and they've created this little thing and amy's like all oh, poor kids have nowhere to go but they'll pretend to go camping you know so it was, it was super cute but it's nice that they are you know they have each other for sure even just like sleeping in a different rooms like ooh, adventure game on yeah making like a new movie night and stuff like that and make it like a out anyway it's fun it's good stuff I feel like you I, I feel like you need to be like my personal Pinterest board for when I because like I what I love that you do too I mean we don't have to focus on too much mom stuff here because might be boring for the like 99% of males that are listening to this um but I love that you switch out your decor for each um for all the different holidays and the different seasons I love it this here this is my my wall unit here and I just I love it I literally just and used to be my thing like when the kids would come home I'd surprise them I'm like and there's like all the Easter it's I do Easter the funny thing is it started like this um I moved into this house had this these built-ins um built and um it was like around September so my son's birthday was coming up so I didn't have anything because it was a new setup so I didn't have the, the the tchotchkes to put in yet right so it was September so my son's birthday was coming up so I was like oh I'll just deck it out. So I decked it out for his birthday and it totally went with the theme. It was a hip hop theme or whatever it was. Um, and then we went into um, October. Oh, okay. So I took that down, put the October up um, for Halloween. And then it was Christmas, put the Christmas up, Christmas date. And then it was Valentine's day. So it was just like, I was like, I don't need to buy tchotchkes. I literally can. But then, but then Easter came, I did Easter. And then it was like, Easter was up for like 
May. And then I was like, um, when the little ones go, mommy, why is the Easter stuff stuff? I'm like, okay, it's okay. Okay. Wait for Canada day. We'll come in hot. Canada day. Oh my God. I'm, gonna just, I'm actually going to do that just for you. I'm going to just deck Please. it out. Please. Oh my God. I would love nothing more. I mean, I, I have train. I actually have, there's a, I have like Mountie figurine that's on the other side of this room. I need to put them in the shot here, but everything just competes with this wallpaper. So there's really no point in putting anything here. There's a point. Cause I'm on your show today. So I'm just saying, well, I mean, there is a point. I have my Toronto poster behind me though. So a little shout out to that. Um, okay. Sticking to the Canada theme. Why did, or not why, but was it just like an active decision for you to always stay in Canada? Did you ever think for a while that you were going to move out of there or how come you've always kept your roots there? Um, I think it was a combination of like just family roots, right? Like, so Ron, and of course my husband's like a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of our friends are couples and wrestling together, right? So they make the decision to move. But my husband was an established entity here in Toronto, right? He had his business rooted and everything like that. And his, it's a family business. Um, and yeah, he just, that was, it just didn't never really occur to us. I mean, there was one point we actually bought some property in, in Florida, we ended up renting it. And we just thought the idea would be eventually to get a green card and, and go down there. And it just, you know, I think you have to do like a six month stay there. It was like, I just couldn't do that. Like with my family, I just, we just, it's just we just never happened, never happened for us, you know, and more than happy. I mean, for the taxes, should I have moved? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Those Canadian taxes are gnarly. There was a little run there where, oh, there's a whole new thing. Wait till you hear the new tax thing, but we don't need to bore our American. No, no, no. <laughs> they won't care. Like, okay, skip ahead, skip ahead. Yeah, there was a little point where I was making American money and then the dollar was like a certain rate, which kind of helped my, you know, so yeah, that worked out for me. <laughs> I have thought about that in the past because a couple, two years ago, I spent the summer in Toronto and I always have those lofty dreams of like, man, what I would give to have a place back in Toronto and like spend time back and forth. But again, like when you have kids, it's just super unrealistic to imagine you're going to be bouncing back and forth. But yeah, when you look at like the American dollar versus the Canadian dollar, you're like, wait, I can get what for what? Do a quick little conversion. Like, can I really pull this off? Crazy. I mean, in a way, because we're actually in the building business. So uh, <laughs> Ron is actually, that's his business. He's a, he's a builder. He does like, he does a lot of like mortgage financing and things like that too. But we've been in the business of homes and properties and stuff for, I mean, our whole lives together. So that's a good thing, you know, in Toronto. <laughs> do you ever do like interior design stuff with him? So back in the day, he, his first, like he, he built his first couple homes. And so we would build the home and then we would make them to be model homes. So he would build them. And we used to make a joke and say, Ron puts up the walls and I paint them. Not, I didn't actually paint them. I might've painted a couple, but um, yeah. So I did the interior of like, I put the tiles, I would do all the interior for the homes. And that's kind of how we, you know, and then we've, over the years, we flipped a couple homes. So we've had a lot of experience just doing the interior design. I love it though. I love interior. I love interior design. I could like, and just decorating like all that stuff. I love it. So you guys are high school sweethearts. What, how do you pull this off? How did you guys first meet? How have you been able to like really stick it through this long of like your career being on the road, him doing his thing? What's like the secret to your guys' success? Um, okay. I think the secret I would have to say, so come and close guys. Um, it's just friendship. So back in the day, my boy cousins who were the boy cousins who I was a tomboy with them. We got into wrestling together. We wrestled together. We went to Maple Leaf Gardens together. So that was, we were really close with my boy cousins. He was best friends, went to elementary school with Ron at the time. Oh God, you guys go way back. Like we've known each other since we we're like eight years old. Oh my God. 
So yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, when we played together, like we, I used to want to hang with the boys. They would like, Oh, Trish wants to play with us. <laughs> you know? So I'd play with the boys. Um, and, uh, and then it was in, it was grade eight. I was in this on the school bus and I was like, he's like, Oh, aren't you J- George James's cousin? I was like, Oh, Ron. Oh yeah, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, I just moved up here. I'm like, that's cool. So what, high, where, what school do you go to blah, blah, blah. So we met each other in grade eight again on the bus. And then he went to a high school, um, that I didn't go to. My sister went to, which is a year, she's a year younger than me. So they became friends. So he started coming by the home and we were became friends like that. And then I transferred to that school. And then I think as a grade 11, we were like best, 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 best friends. And then we went through a phase where we were like that weird, like, so he had, I think he said something like, um, well, you know, as my girlfriend, I was like, are we, but are we like, I like, uh, where's the parameters? Where do we check off to see where we change the title? Right. I think we became official girlfriend and boyfriend, um, 28 years ago. Oh my God. You know, when I say it, I'm like, that can't be right. But I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I'm pretty old too. So yeah, that makes sense. But that's amazing. 17 years old. That's really incredible. So established from the beginning, forget that I was going to end up being a wrestler. He was a wrestling fan, right? So we related, we went to like, we were around that same you know, remember Toronto was like a hotbed for wrestling, right? So it was around us, um, both as children. Um, when we started dating and you probably know this too, there wasn't many females that liked wrestling or maybe didn't say they did, but they, there wasn't. So the fact that I liked wrestling, we would, we would take trips. I'll never forget. We remember we would go to Florida, we would drive to Florida. We would base it around like going to an event, like a nitro, we went to WCW nitro. Like it was like part of our trip thing, you know? So we, you know, we just had that. We always related like from the very beginning on stuff. And then we just, we had our high school connection. And then when I went to university, I wanted to become a doctor. So I was like focused, laser focused on what I was doing. He was laser focused on like doing his own thing, his business. And we wanted to know for sure. We wanted to establish ourselves as separate entities in our own, you know, rights. And then, yeah. And then the, the wrestling thing came up. And so like when like I made the, I had to make the transition from school full time to my fitness career and then to wrestling. And so I always say like, because Ron and I were fans for so long too. Like, I think he just, like, he gives me that insight. He, he gets the business. And what I'm like, I have to kiss the rock tonight. He's like, cool. That's gonna be great for your character. <laughs> I mean, amazing, right? Like, as opposed to like what maybe another husband might say. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's so funny. When I would work with the girls, I remember Victoria and I used to be like, okay, let's get the wrong report. You know, like he would watch, he would tell us straight up. He'd be like, Victoria, don't that move. Like, like, you know what I mean? Because he just had that. Oh so, my yeah. God. It's important to how we are still together almost 30 years. It's funny because I feel like, I mean, obviously there is such a stigma of like wrestlers being together because we understand the business. We understand what everyone's doing, but it seems like, I mean, he kind of was a part of the business. Like he, he was so heavy handed and like just being such a, a fan. Did he absolutely like shit when you got signed? to WWE. Is he like, Oh my God. We were like, is this real life? Like it was, and even my cousins, like, because we were like, like we played wrestling together. We were tag teams. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah, it's still, we still look back. We, every time we see, see each other, we still do that. Like, isn't it still crazy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so funny. Stuff. Yeah. It's so trippy. John and I are like that sometimes just like when he was, he's in the middle of writing a book right now. So he's been watching some of his old, his old stuff to just like refresh his memory. And it was like one of his first, his first TLC match or something, but like, I did not know him. I was not on the road and I'm watching being like, man, I would have just been at home watching that, not having any clue that like, you're going to become my husband. We're going to have a kid together. Like you, it's so funny to just like be reflective like that and, and look at things through that lens. Um, one more Canada question. Why does Canada make the best wrestlers? Right. 
because we've got a pretty solid track record. Our um, announcers. I mean, I mean, oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, you guys. <laughs> I mean, your story is pretty amazing, to be honest, from my perspective, knowing we used to watch you on like the score, you know, and, and seeing you go from there and transitioning and, you know, and also seeing a, like so a Canadian, a female and like a female who does a wrestling show. How cool is that? You know what I mean? Because, you know, that's how I started. I did a wrestling radio show before I did this whole thing. So it's kind of awesome what you've done. It's all my dear. I actually remember one of the first things that I got to do when I was working for the score was I got to go to stratosphere yoga and I did a session with you. Oh my God, we did. I mean, I would, I honestly do not blame you a second. If you do not remember, cause this was back in probably like 2008 or nine, like this was a long time ago, probably immediate day. And so I had a bunch of, I did yoga with probably like 10 groups of people that day, but why have we never talked about that? And why don't we have pictures of that? <laughs> I maybe somewhere in like the archives of the score, they might have them. But yeah, I remember it was like the first time that I was like, well, I'm going to go to Lululemon and buy a whole outfit because I'm going to be hanging out with Trish. It was, it was actually the first time I'd ever done any yoga, I believe. Are you a yoga? You, yeah, are you yoga? I love yoga. I will say prenatal yoga has been saving my life. Thank God. There's two things I feel like should happen. I feel like wrestlers should be like, what is the word prescribed or whatever they want to say, make it a mandated, a mandated thing that they should do yoga just if they want to like, I don't know, walk upright eventually after they retire yeah. um, and, and, and for prenatal, it's just, oh my gosh, it's, I mean, between, I mean, everything from breathing as you know, hip openers, it's, uh, it changed my, it just, I know it added, it made me have such great deliveries, let's put it that way. I also feel like I've been so lucky that I've had such an easy pregnancy and I really give a huge nod to like, A, just that I've been able to work out the whole time, but being able to do the yoga in there, like, I feel like I'm, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like 33 weeks pregnant today. And I'm like, this has been not bad. Yeah. And people are like, how are you? You're like, I, I'm a great. Is that okay to say? Like, <laughs> no, I like feel guilty. No, I feel I kind of actually, bad about I remember it. remember I was working with, um, what was it? He was like, um, some kind of health, health practitioner, like natural health practitioner. And, uh, we talked about the thing that I was doing and, you know, taking these certain supplements and all these things to ensure healthy everything. Um, and he said like a lot of the things, even like things like, um, like the heartburn people get, it could be from coffee, but, um, <laughs> cheers, clink, clink. A lot of these common, like, uh, pregnancy problems, a lot of it is due to, you know, inactivity or just not leading the correct lifestyle things that you should probably put into, you know, while you're pregnant, it's important. These things, I mean, gosh, you are growing a person. I know everyone's different. So to each their own, but I think it's, it's very easy to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to like lay low for the next couple of months where I'm like, no, I want to keep going at the pace that I have been going. I don't want to take my foot off the gas pedal. Cause I feel like once I do, I don't know what's going to happen. I just want to keep going full throttle. You are indulging a little more than you would normally. So it's best to do that. Listen, I love me a soft cookie these days. Oh, baby. I know this interview is about me and not you, but I want to know what crazy <laughs> you've had. Honestly, just like a peanut butter sandwich. That's been like a big thing for me. You do peanut butter and honey. I like to do that in like a little like protein wrap. Oh, yes. But you know what's so good is when it, you leave it and then it crystallizes. Oh. And like it gets a little like the little crunch Oh my in God. Mm. So good. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb-dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, 
You guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. So another thing that I remember you doing and remember seeing this on TV was when you were working with um, Second City and you did, um, oh gosh, I have the name of it here. Uh, Second City's next comedy legend. Between you doing that, and I remember watching that and being like, oh my God, that's got to be like the best job. I, I was like truly envious. I was like, man, look at her go. Like she's, she's now she's like dabbling in the comedy space. Did you enjoy working on that show? Oh my gosh. The, I, honestly, of course, like the best group of people you can imagine, just comedians in general, so much fun. Right. But um, I actually got like, I feel like I'm, I'm so blessed to be part of that little second city family. At one point um, I had, I think it was my my thumb, this injury, I had a broken thumb, I think, and I, whatever, I was, I was out for a little while, or maybe it was, I don't know, whatever, something was broken, and I was off TV for a little while, which, you know, is like, you're never off, so I was like, oh, what can I do, and I always have wanted to take Second City improv classes, so I was like, I'm just gonna sign up, like, it's in Toronto, I'm just gonna do it, I've been a fan of SCTV growing up, like, I just love it, I love the comedy, I love everyone involved in it, so I signed up for the class, and I remember being in class, and, and the teacher was like, are you Trish Stratus, why are you here? <laughs> Just brushing up on some improv, babe. But it was fun. But you know what? They ended up doing this whole, like, they 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 saw, like, the reach that they could potentially do. And we did this, like, one night only, Saturday Night Lifestyle. They they took the whole theater because WWE had that reach, right? So it was, yeah. remember Carl DeMarco? Yeah. WWE Canada? Like, the guy had such, he was such a visionary. He's like, hold on. So you're taking classes there? And he's like, let me talk to them. And he put this event together. So, like, you know, when you, all the fans would come and they were, it was like, it was so cool. And I got to do, like, sketches with them. Did an opening monologue, just like SNL. It was. What did you do that? at that old theater the one that was attached or across from Gretzky's yeah I did it the original one there and so like and now it's so gone cool with like the, you know the, the crew who kind of like stepped out of their world and came into let me you know kind of brought me along for the ride got me up to, to, to par so I could perform it was so much fun dare we say that like you're the originator of like wrestling and comedy coming together because I mean that is a thing I mean everyone's out doing their like comedy tours or you know, I feel like you might have been the like Foley and, and Ziggler and all you guys who are doing that now. You're welcome. I'm, I'm for laying the path for you guys. So you planted that seed and now we're all reaping the benefit. So as a wrestler, when we do stuff like there is something and you can talk to anyone and ask them, like when you do something outside of wrestling, they're like, wow, you wrestlers are so like good like they're they're surprised how good we are as performers. Of course, because we're one tape wonders. We got to do it live, blah, blah, blah. Like there's all that. We're also used to working with a team. So there's none of that. Like, they're like, your guys are so like nice. They always say how nice we are. Right. Like, it's like no egos. Nice. Everyone always, <laughs> everyone always assumes exactly. that there's like insane egos. And it's like, no, you get humbled very early on. <laughs> so that's how the show came about. So they basically, I was just saying, it's always cool to like have that opportunity to see how mm-hmm. you adapt to another medium. Right. So did the comedy show and then second city um, con legend, because I had that connection with them, they gave me a call and they're like, Hey, would you want to host the show? Like, Oh my God. Like what a, what a blessing, especially like post wrestling to be like, What's next? So you've been able to do, I mean, with you doing that show, and I know that that was, you know, a little while ago, uh, but then doing, you had Stratosphere, your travel show, you've done some movies, you got to do a Christmas movie, which is like bucket list for me. What is your ideal situation? What kind of shows do you want to work on? Because I feel like you need a show. You need like your Joanna Gaines show. 
I don't know. I, I mean, what I, I like, and we've taught, I mean, there's a producer I work with and she did my, she actually, the first show we worked on, her name's Morgan. We worked on second season, next comedy legend. And she'll tell me, she goes, I remember it was a media day. They brought in the producers to watch her do the media day. And they're like, Ugh, got some wrestler. Like who, why they get a wrestler to host my show that I'm producing. Right. And she was like, Oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can actually, you thought, Oh, blonde wrestler. What is what? What? <laughs> um, but anyway, from there we, we did the travel show. And then, um, and since that, like we, we literally launched that. It was like, basically like we, they came to us a travel network and said, um, yeah, basically just create a 10 part series show. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So we like picked 10 places to travel to from India to, um, Iceland to, um, Indonesia to uh, New Zealand. We went to 10 different locations and I picked the indigenous sport there and got to like, actually like the fighting art that they have there. So then I got to actually explore the culture through working with the team that are the, um, the people who ran the, the different clubs and stuff. So, um, anyway, my point is <laughs> tangent is, um, is we always talk about a show, like what's the best show. Right. And, and we've had like many people have called me in, but I've just never found like, like, I, I mean, there's just, I don't know what's right. Um, I love like my decorating. I think that's like, like my, my, my parties. Like I like putting together parties. Like I like the theme, the minute, like the birthday starts coming up. I like putting, like, I have like a little notebook that I work out of and I draw the thing out and I get all my choir and, and then curating all the stuff. Like, ugh, just love it. And so much fun. Even the kids are like, what theme do I get this year? I'm like, well, let's pick one. And you know, so much fun. I can't wait for that stuff. I am like so psyched to like become that mom. That's just like, here we go. I just bought a sewing machine. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be making your guys costume. I, I say your guys, if I have multiple children right now, I don't, I have one on the way, but yeah, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to like mom it up. She always texts me. She's like, you, she goes, you're momming so hard right now. That's her line. I love it. Who says that? Mickey James. You're, you're oh, Mickey. So hard right now. I'm like, I know, man, it's, it's, it's yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Um, okay, so getting into some of the wrestling stuff, we got to talk a little wrestling I mean, yeah, on here. You know, tune in for that. Come on now, we might as well. Your audience, girl. <laughs> I know. I mean, I like to give them a little more of a profile because, I mean, somebody like yourself as well. It's like obviously, everything you've done has been so well documented. You've done so many interviews. So I like to give people a little glimpse of things that aren't just those things. I love that. Cause I don't think I've talked about like even my travel, like my travel show or my comedy show. I've never really even feel like I barely touched on that. No one really goes that far back. They go back to like, so you went to Sully's gym and then you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the start. You start right? like, like the very beginning. Yeah. In the year, you know what I mean? 1990, <laughs> whatever it is, eight or something. <laughs> so everything that you've been able to accomplish, I mean, recently also just being WWE said that you were the, what, what was the actual, term that they gave you like the most successful female wrestler what was it the number one greatest female superstar god damn right right yeah and you're also the first woman to be getting the lou thez award yeah which is incredible i mean guys like booker t jim ross edge has gotten this award so obviously i mean we all know about your your history and what you've been able to accomplish inside a ring and what you've been able to do for women in professional wrestling uh when you look back at sort of the beginning of your career working with Tustin albert and having your relationship with vince on camera did you always know that you had this end goal in sight that you're like i'm going to deal with some of this like not ideal situations <laughs> to get to this final goal. I mean, you're obviously somebody's very goal oriented. You get shit done, but was that, did you have sort of a vision for how you saw your career going? Um, well, I guess I knew I wanted to be the best at what I was doing, but also you have to remember it was a time where there was not really like women doing it. So you weren't like, that's what I want to do. Like I maybe could look to the rock and say, 
that's what I want, what I want to do. And is that realistic? I'm not sure. Cause it seems like it hasn't really been done so far until I remember the rock said to me one day, he's like, you know, he's like, you could be the female rock. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to do that. Yes. Coming in hot. So, so, so and in a way, so I just knew that it was my job then to really be the best that I could be. And that entailed, you know, training and performing at my peak every time and then outdoing my last performance and like things like that. Um, I knew that in the beginning when I was doing, like you say, the crappy things, or maybe I said that. <laughs> it's not even that it's crappy. It's just like, that was just what it was at the time. Like, were like, I don't, were, when you were in the thick of it, were you aware that it was stuff that you were like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do it. Or if that's just kind of the way things were then, like, was it so obvious? Well, you know, it's like this, I always felt like, and I, it's funny, I have like a clip that I said this way back in the day. Um, but like with my fitness stuff, I knew a lot of it was, um, I was doing these, you know, sexy modeling shoots. Right. But what it did is it gave me um, a platform. It gave me a voice. Right. So it allowed me, and it's, you know, you know, the shows I was, because I was on the cover of this fitness magazine, forget what's inside of it really, but I'm on this cover. So I'm a notable personality. So therefore I will be able to, so I actually did this myself. I booked myself on off the record. Michael Landsberg, baby. He was integral part of my beginnings as well, because he kind of get, it gave me the exposure and there was that crossover wrestling appeal, the crowd the crossover there. Um, so yeah, so I knew like, okay, I have, because I'm on this cover, how can I maximize that? How can I utilize that to like have my voice heard. Um, and then once I, you know, get on there, I can, so getting that got me in the door, right. Being on the cover, but then now I have, I have, I have the floor and I was able to then showcase a different side and explore what I wanted to explore at that point. So I felt like in wrestling was the same sort of things is using these opportunities to then what's the bigger picture then, you know, where can we go? How can we do that? And maybe what's the next step to sort of not do that, not do that again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like those opportunities are presented. Like you said, it's like, that's the spotlight for you to step up and take it and make something out of it. And obviously you did. And it worked out that way. What were some of the conversations that you guys were having in the locker room at that time? Or like the conversations that you were having with yourself of what you wanted to do? I think it was a slow rise because, um, like everything was sort of, we were almost, everything was happening under the radar. Like, um, I'll never forget. We were doing these live events and jazz and I were like absolutely killing it. Like having these matches and people were like, like they were there for it. You know what I mean? Um, and so they used to do these things where they used to go around to the first couple rows and they would pull them. They would tell us like they wanted, like, I don't, I guess tell us top five or whatever it was list your favorite matches. And they were using that as feedback to bring back to Vince and therefore it would reflect in TV and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and so I remember like Vince literally came to one time, he's like, you know, pulled me aside and he's like, so we're just, it's you and jazz. We've been hearing you and jazz. Like people are like, that's the constant in all these you know reports. And I'm like, wow. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but it was like these little things, like knowing like, okay, okay. You know what? We're making a difference. People are like, they're going to sit up and notice. It took a while. Of course we had to almost, um, I guess I want to say like re-educate the fans right? Because they were used, they were just used to just cheering for us then being loud for us and chanting for our puppies. And, and so they didn't expect it. So I remember, and they expected us to go out and when the girls went out, they're like, oh, they're going to hair pull and they're going to throw each other around and slap. And that's what they're going to do. And so I remember like, like fit and I made like a conscious decision every time we got the opportunity to say, okay, let's just give them a little something different, but we'll slip it in there. Right. So they're not kind of like, well, what is happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or the, and also like, believe it or not, it wasn't just the fans. It was like, we couldn't let the office sort of be like, that's what the, wait, no, that's what the boys do. You got, when we got that, a lot of times where it was like, okay, so why were you doing that chop? That's what Ric Flair does. And I'm like, remember he wasn't even in the company at the time, but guess what? I can do it too. <laughs> like, My chop now, bitches. Yeah. It's crazy exactly. how integral it's not crazy, but I mean, I know that a lot of people give him a nod, but how integral fit Finley has been 
for women's wrestling and he still continues to be, I mean, he just, he, he's just so great. You see the way that he thinks about the matches and the way that he views women's wrestling. The fact that he has been that common thread through all of this to now where women's wrestling is like kudos to him. What a guy. So incredible. I remember there was a point where like we were, I would say there was a good year of work that we were doing where it was him and I, I mean, kind of leading the cavalry, we were kind of like, I was put in there and it was just a rotation of like feuds. And we were like, okay, what can we do now? Let's give this, like, it was like, because I was, there wasn't like a lot of us at the time that were working. Right. So, I mean, Lita was busy doing, actually, I think she had her neck injury at the very beginning. I think she was off doing that. And so in the very beginning, it was like, we brought in, um, jazz was brought in. Right. And then there was, um, Victoria was brought in and then Mickey James were brought in. So we were like, okay, we would sit and be like, we got to present different characters and we created storylines. And that was the chance to finally like be the same as the guys in that respect where before it was just girl segment, like, okay. And then we started doing storylines and then we'd slip in these moves and like a little more solid match wise. And, you know, just really presenting something completely different. And, you know, I knew when I started to like, when I was given the title in, whatever that was 2001 maybe someone will tell us yeah six pack challenge um i know it was all the girls at the time we brought in jazz it was there was molly there was ivory there was jacqueline there was lita we brought in jazz who was the six of us um did i get everybody i think i did uh there were six of us and and i and i was i won i won for the first time ever and i was the underdog um and i knew at that point it was like uh, look at this ball I have. I better run. Bye. <laughs> and I'm not going to this baby. You know, like I had to, there was no, there was no looking back. Um, and it was like a huge chance because there was no women's division prior to that. As I recall, I don't know if you remember at the time, China hat was the last champion and she wasn't really a division thing, right? For her, it was just, she was this entity and it was sort of her character, almost like, almost like a, like a money in the bank thing. Right. It was like the title was like her, her character thing. Right. So um, she left the company and took the title with her. So there was like, oh, there's no title. Hello, <laughs> no division. Okay, what um, am I fighting for? Yeah, you know. So at that point, you're fighting for just uh, good performances and character establishing, and that's all we could do at the time. They finally brought back the championship, and they were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to fit. We're going to have you lead this. And he he remembers that day too because they were like. They told him he thought it was a rib. He's like, oh, because it's like kind of like, yeah, go work with the girls now. And that's a good group of girls, too. That is like a strong group of women to be leading the charge with. Oh, my gosh, for sure. So we did it. And we just, you know, I knew that like this is an opportunity to change the perception of what a female can do in this business. And we went out and tried to do that. And uh, I think we did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say so. What was your reaction of um, it changing from the Divas Championship to the, the Women's Championship and uh, ditching the term Diva? I don't think I ever uttered the word diva. I mean, maybe, maybe I did, but I, in interviews, I never called myself diva. I refused. I just, I just didn't get it. I didn't get what, cause I enjoyed in the beginning that we were called superstars. We were all called superstars. And when they started this diva thing, I was like, like, cause as a tomboy, the word diva, I'm like, I, me, I'm a diva. No, no, I'm not. I don't qualify. <laughs> it's not. And of course that negative connotation too, but what they were calling a diva, I was like, I'm not even that. I don't think I'm that at all. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. So I was never behind that term at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, when they brought that, even when they did the type diva ch- championship, it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then when they finally got rid of it, I, it's just, it, it was like the point when they put the six pack challenge together and decided to start the division. It was like a restart. It was like a reboot. It was a chance to turn over new leaf. And I feel like that was their, their moment where they're like, okay, let's, let's get back to business here. And also I want to say like, not to, um, not to say anything about the girls who competed for the diva championship or who were divas champions, because it's, it, again, it, the title is just, it is what it is. They're still doing the work and still paving the path and like, and, and doing the work for, for females everywhere and really themselves as great workers. So, you know, not to d- diminish that as well. Um, it's just, and I know, I mean, they'll say it too, like, you know, there's just that connotation, I guess, with it. 
Well, it's kind of going back to what we were saying before. It's like, it's a situation. It, it is what it is. It's where you're at. And you do the best with what you have in those circumstances and continue to create your own path and make this way for the other women that are coming up behind you. And now to look at the other women, I mean, I don't think that there's a woman in wrestling today that doesn't lend credit to her career to you. I mean, you were out there doing all of those things. I mean, all literally all of those women that you just said in that six pack challenge are women that have helped to, to lay that groundwork for those women, uh, the women of today. In your relationship with Amy, with Lita, what initially drew you guys together and how have you guys been able to maintain this besties friendship for so long? It's funny because I'll tell you the real beginning, but there was recently, um, we, we came up, we were like, Oh, I just realized, um, like my husband's birthday just passed and Amy's is just passed. No, wait, sorry. Reverse. Amy's just passed. Husband's coming up. Um, and so I'm like, Oh, they're both Tauruses. And listen, this, I didn't really this year, but they're both like, they are so similar. <laughs> and it's like, and the wonder that the two people that are like probably the most, you know, closest to me are like literally identical. Like they're just even like, they're chill, kind of laid back. Like when people meet like Ron, they'll be like, I don't know if he likes me. I'm like, oh no, it just got, you know, Amy like kind of just keeps herself. Oh my God. John's like that too. John freaks people out. Everyone's like, is, did I do something? I remember Amy saying that one time because we were riding together and she's like, does John not like me? I'm like, I'm so sorry. He'll get, he's just takes him a second. <laughs> but Amy's like known to be like that as well. And same with Juan. And so it's so funny, but those are good people because it balances this Canadian energy we have. <laughs> oh my God. I know somebody dial us back a hair. For the love of God, how often do you guys communicate and how is it keeping this like long distance relationship? I mean, I feel like most adult relationships kind of go that way, but the fact that you guys have never, uh, you've never not been team bestie, right? I know before we even called team bestie officially, um, we like, okay. So to go back, I mean, the connection, if you can imagine, it's like, there's really no women doing their thing, but then there's two women who both are, you know, in training. And they've both been signed at the same time or the same age. It's like literally, you know, and so I remember us talking, we were both in development. No, yeah, developmental, I guess she was at the time. And I was in Canada waiting for my visa. And we were like, oh my gosh, like we're going to be doing this. We, we communicated a little bit. And yeah, when we finally started, I mean, we were again, these, and, and again, we're the new girl on the roster, new girls on the roster. And really the storylines, okay, we've got these new girls, new characters. So the storylines were going about us. Of course, we started initially together too. So it was like, we've always been, either nemesis or, you know, it, it, we've obviously our rival is decades long, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's pretty storied. Yeah. We had that dynamic because we talk about the, the yin and the yang of us. Right. So it's kind of like, that's what I think fans love about us. They, they dug that. It was like, I mean, dare I say a rock Austin dynamic in the ring, but, um, and you, they just knew when the two of us got in there, there was like, well, we're going to get something good. Like, but they just knew there was going to be something because there was so much history behind us. And we had the opportunity to, um, develop as characters, like through being valets as well. Like we had, like, it's, it's, it's sort of a, it's like a forgotten art, the valeting, because it's such a great way to establish characters, you know? We got the opportunity to do the intergender stuff, which was huge. So like us, you know, we had that match with like uh, her and Rock versus, and versus me and Triple H, you know, like things like that, like in the main event, like crazy stuff that really, you know, spoke to the audience and, and let them kind of- We need more of that today. That needs to come back. It's a big thing. Actually, I spoke about it on Busted Open. And it's funny how it's like, I just said, yeah, it was great. But now people are like, Trish Stratus feels like this is the next. You know, like, <laughs> but, um, Good. Keep that going. Keep those headlines coming. Because I feel like people would love to see that. Remember, they they did something like that for a second. Because I remember Sasha tagging with Roman. I can't like remember who. Facebook. I think it was like a fate. Like, we're like, we'll do it, but we're going to only do it on the internet. So they did that on Mixed Match Challenge. 
but I feel like Sasha and Roman was on TV versus I can't remember was on the other side. Maybe I got that because I don't think Roman Reigns ever did Nick's match challenge. But wasn't it like, um, but see, I think the rules are different because back then I think you can't touch the females, right? Wasn't that what it was? True. Yeah. So, I mean, great. Have your intergender like nonsense. <laughs> so what difference does it make? Honestly. Uh, yeah. No, just, just do two matches, a lateral matches then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People on that side, we'll on that side and like, maybe we'll tag or something like it's, that's the whole fun of it is like when the big show is going to get to Trish Stratus, you're like, oh my God, what is going to happen? You know, and when she, when he throws her outside the ring and she lands on her partner out there, that's a big moment because you not the same as like, you know, the guy getting thrown out, like it's, it's huge. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think a lot of that stuff helped establish us for sure as characters, but, but also like we're going through this. So we're going through these, getting these fantastic opportunities and these chances to like change history. Not that we knew it at the time, but like we're, we're, we were together, we were riding together. We were on this journey together. We were being, you know, going on this meteoric rise together. Like it was just, uh, so to share that is super special, obviously. And then, yeah, I mean, we just, we just kept in touch. She became my, my son's godmother. I made her my Max's godmother just to like, to like, you're really part of the family. Cause like there was a point where, especially when I had Max, where I bring him, like we would do our team bestie tour and we would bring him on, on the tour. So then she got to know him. And so then we was like, you know what, that's part of like making her part of the family. And she was more than happy to like, with many a night, was it me, Ron, Amy, and uh, my mom. So yeah, so it's great. To, and we still, I mean, we just, we just chatted before today, actually before this call. So yeah, we, uh, we talk pretty much every day, I'd say. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. Okay, so you are married to your high school sweetheart. You and Amy have been friends forever. You're, you've stayed in Canada. I mean, you are somebody that seems like you keep things very tight knit. Is it hard to get into your inner circle? It's very exclusive, Renee. But... I have an opening. I'd like to tell you. Oh, do you? How would we have to like send in my like my credit evaluation or something? I'll send you all I the. We got pregnant and we kind of opened up that side of things to where we were like, and then and then like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so you're in. I'll, I'll, I will certainly take it. I would love, I mean, if I, I mean, I can already jump in and be like, I could like participate in like the team bestie hangs. I mean, I know you guys can do your own thing, but I can like contribute just like from the outskirts. Oh my God. I think the three of us, did, I mean, I think we dabbled once there was a hall of fame where the three of us were together, but we haven't had a chance to actually do the three of us, but I, that's like a natural for sure. That's it. You know, what's funny is I actually just recently saw those photos. Cause I have the, like, cause we did the photo booth. Oh, we did the three of us. Oh, we got to get those. Please get. Yeah, them. I have them. I just recently saw them. I will find them to post with this episode, one hundred percent. But is it truly hard? Like, do you have a hard time making and establishing other friendships outside of the solid ones that you already have? I think because I have this laser focus on what I'm doing, I, I don't. I don't say it like I don't have time for other people, but I kind of have everything I need from the people I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
um, I mean, you know, there's like, and it's weird for me because like the, when you become, you'll see this when you start going to pickups and you go to the mom, there's like, mom, you want to be your friend. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> At first you think, you know, I'm like- dreading that. Honestly, I'm kind of dreading it because I'm like that too. It's like, I have, and it's hard work setting up your life to like have the people in it that you need. I don't have any like vacant spots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, no, there's no music in my schedule. I have time for a friend here. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there's also the layer of like us being public personalities, right. Which is awkward. You'll yeah. see. Of course. You know what? This great thing is like this pandemic. So one positive is wearing glasses, wearing a hat, and then a mask. Wonderful. Except for sometimes the coif is the only thing that maybe you might go like, wait, I think I know that hair. You know what I mean? I literally just hung out with a mom for, um, we've been, I mean, since September, her, her kids started, the kids, the kids play together. We see each other pick up and drop off. I mean, that's the extent there's been no play dates because pandemic. Um, but she literally got it the other day. She said that, uh, and she was like, she texted, she was like, oh my God, I had like no idea you were like the Trish Stratus. She's like, I've been talking to you for like since September and I'm like, no idea. Right. Cause I'm mom to her. I'm just Trish. I'm the mom. Oh, that's actually got to be such a trip. I feel like for someone to like not fully realize that and be like, what the, and I'm sure as soon as she like tells her husband, he's gonna be like, are you kidding me? Invite them over. I think she said she was looking at an Instagram thing. It was like suggestions to follow. And, and her brother was there and was like, or he clicked on that or something, or he was looking at me or something like that. And then she saw like Max and Maddie and she was like, oh my God, that is my friend. <laughs> How is that? I don't even, I know her. Yeah. And then he didn't believe her. And he was like, yeah, okay. True She's like, she goes to the same school as, you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to like send John to like pick up our daughter from like hangouts. We would be like, what the <laughs> freaks people out on the, on a normal day. So well, at least I can blend in. He can't, he, that's impossible for him. He's like, no, he can, he actually can. He's pretty unassuming normally for the most part. Yeah. Well, actually that's not even true because he kind of wears his gear in real life. That's true. Like he's always kind of always, he always looks like John Moxley or like when he was Dean Ambrose, like, like, dude, you're wearing your gear. That's the thing, unfortunately. And also he's like a taller than usual person. So that's true. That's very true. They're like, he must be someone. That's what they think when they saw, they see these tall people, right? For sure. Who is this person? What kind of athlete? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see that you're back to working out. Do you ever not work out? I feel like you always work out, but lately you've been really upping the ante. What's going on? thing is is everyone like really was like yeah okay like you ever stopped like they were mad at me like don't say you started working out you didn't get that body yes like this week and I'm like no guys I'm a normal person too I went through the pandemic like you for the first time in 20 years I didn't have something in two weeks so it was so fun like I discovered Netflix and I was like I potato chips I mean Lay's sour cream onion and ketchup are my favorite and I ate bags and bags and bags of them. And I really like, and then I was just so busy. Like I was literally homeschooling for like eight out of the 12 months of the year. Believe me, I just said the last thing I wanted to do was, was get on. And, and I have like, don't get me wrong. I, I do a 20 minute. I do, I call it my, my daily movement. Like I do this little flow that I just kind of put into whatever I can could be right now. Like I might get off and just do it quickly. I just, I just make sure I do it every day because I had the herniated disc in my back, make sure I keep all the, the joints lubricated. I look in the mirror. I'm like, everything good. Good. Do I need to do extra work? No, I'm good. You know what I mean? Aesthetically, it's pleasing. fine. Perfect. Right. I never felt the need to. Um, but then yeah, boy, the pandemic, like I just, um, I just, I just ate a lot of chips. <laughs> Honestly, join the club. I don't think I ever stopped eating a lot of chips. I, my window is closing where I'm like, Hey, after I have the baby, like the jig is up. I need to. Yeah. You got to find that balance. Totally. Yes. 
but yeah, it just caught up with me. And I just was like, and then actually was like, I think my agent called and he was like, Hey, things are opening up. I'm like, well, not for me, but, but then the thought, to be honest, like when I got that Christmas movie, that was my, my eye opener. I'm sitting here enjoying life that I don't have to like work. I don't have to travel anywhere. There's like no one, you know, and now it's like, now I have to actually zoom. Cause that's like a thing now, instead of working, you can still work virtually before you can be just like, you know, do the, we used to have this thing in my office due to the landscape. I cannot, like, I wasn't able to do anything, but now the, everybody zooms. So it's like, and it's a pain in the ass. Honestly. I mean, despite the fact that I am in a hat, I did put on a strip wash for you. Um, but it is like when people are like, sometimes I won't realize that a call is a zoom and I'm like, fuck. I know. I know. I did an interview the other day based on the fact that it's our radio show. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm, yeah. And it's a whole different layer because like even today, like I had, a, so I, I tried to like bunch everything up into the one day. I like, I kicked my kid off. I wrote the teacher, Max will be leaving at this time. Cause I need my equipment. I need the, the, the computer. I need the space. I need no children around me. I got to go do my makeup. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing, but anyway, it's fine. Anyway, my, when I had to go to the Christmas movie, my agent called me, we were like, I think I'm going to say month five of the pandemic. So I remember I had, I remember cause I was in Florida when I, when the whole pandemic thing hit and I was in great shape because I was supposed to come back and do a shoot. And so when that shoot was canceled and I was like, I was able to like go to Universal Studios and enjoy Universal Studios. You know what I mean? It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then came back and just continued for months and months and months. And then my agent called and he goes, um, oh my God, I got this great gig for you. It's just, you know, a couple of days of work. It's a Christmas movie and they're filming like they're filming in uh, Huntsville, like so close, right? So amazing. What a dream gig. I'm like so pumped for you. We're in a pandemic. He's like, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna... I can't see them shooting till like September at least. Right. I'm like, for sure. Yeah. Cause we're in a pandemic. Of course kids. And I thought kids will be back in school. Give me a reason. Okay. I'll start my, get a schedule do a month out from the thing. And he calls me. He's like, Oh, and then Doug Ford made that. There was like, we're moving to stage two or whatever. And I was one of the first productions, like great news. It got greenlit. I'm like, well, what, what does that mean for timing wise? Just around basic. Okay. Four weeks. Okay. No, that's amazing. Great. What, what is my wardrobe like? Okay. Just <laughs> Thankfully, this movie, I got some layers, but I mean, I, so I just, I went on like a thing for like five weeks straight and just did like, got back into it and did my thing. But then I was exhausted from that and went back to the other lifestyle. Anyway, things are well opening up again. I started doing my workout, but I, I started, what I realized is because I've, I've given so much to momming. <laughs> I really haven't like, all like self-care Sunday. I'm like, no self-care. I don't know what that is. I, I, I don't know what that is. Oh, I feel like everyone's self. I mean, people either kicked up their self-care. I did not. I feel like my self-care and my hygiene all just like went out the door. I'm like, do I have to wash my hair today? I'm not just talking about like hygienically, like self-care is like taking care of you. So giving yourself time, like I see you do your records. I bet you that's like nice you time, right? That's like your time. Yeah. You have reading a book, you listen, you read. I just was like not doing any of that besides not washing my hair and, um, and also not showering as often. Um, <laughs> who's got the time? What a hassle. Ugh. but yeah, I wasn't doing anything for me. I was just like, it was like literally wake up homeschooling, go to bed, be exhausted, get the things ready for the next day, do their lesson plans. Like, you know, cause my daughter was younger. She didn't have lesson plans per se. So I had to put stuff together, activities for her for the next day. And it was a lot. It makes me tired thinking about it. And then, so now when I'm working out, like it's, and, and I do these midnight workouts. Cause like <laughs> you really think I'm crazy, but I've always been a night owl. I love it's when I, I thrive at night daytime. I'm like, I, I mean, I'm okay at daytime, but I prefer my evening. Like I I'd rather stay up late. Like my girlfriend is funny. We, we do the homeschooling together and she'll say, um, she's like, Oh, she got up. I'm like, she's like, Oh, I've been up since four 30. I'm like, what, why? And she'll say, cause I have to do my work. So she'll get up. This is what happens. And you have to homeschool. Cause you can put your work on hold. She gets up at four 30, does her work homeschools all day, parents at night, done, goes to sleep at nine. 
I can't like, I'm like, I'd rather shift my day. So I'm like, I'll homeschool. I'll do my parenting, my four to nine shift. You'll see us the four to nine shift. If they come home from school and then they go to bed at night and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then I work out, I do my catch up on my work and then I work out. And then usually Ron and I sit back and we're crazy. We will start a show at midnight because we're getting this show in, babe. We're doing a show. I don't care. What are you guys watching? Blacklist right now. Ooh, I've heard that's good. Girl, you need to. Okay, it's an it's an investment though. I love an investment of a show. I got, why, I got nothing else to do. Give me all of the investments, please. Eight seasons, 22 episodes each season. Perfect. James Spader is like, he's created such a, like an amazing character. It's oh, so good. I love it. So yeah. Okay. I'm in. Cause I just finished like 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. I, it's funny. I never, I, I was saying that to Ron. I was like, we should go back and watch some of that stuff that like we were probably busy working. So didn't actually have time to watch that stuff. Is it so good? I loved it. Um, but there's seasons that you're like, I don't even know if this is good, but I'm just invested at this point. So I, you just kind of keep going on. But, uh, but yeah, I really liked it, but I'm all for a show. That's like, give me a bunch of seasons. Let me have like an hour time allotted to like power through. I love that. Or three or four, even though you got to get up in the oh, morning. It's fine. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, listen, once you're in, you're in, let's keep it, keep it going. Get me hooked. You say I'm goal oriented. I am. I'm <laughs> <laughs> done and done. All right, Trish, I know that you're a very busy woman. You've got lots to do. Thanks for joining me today on oral session. So fun to see you and get to hang out. Congratulations on becoming the greatest female superstar of all time. Getting that Luthas award. Go get it, girl. Thanks, honey. And all the best to you. I can't wait. To, you've been rocking motherhood. Like you just look like you like just a, a, your textbooks pregnancy, you know, like the way you've, you've taken care of yourself and you're putting out there your pictures, by the way, were beautiful. Oh, thank so, you. Good luck with the rest of your pregnancy. And I wish you a safe and healthy delivery. And I can't wait to meet the baby. I can't wait to FaceTime you after and be like, how do I fix my pelvic floor? We need to talk about the Labor Day. Let's talk. We're going to have a Labor Day chat. Okay, great. I'm in. We'll do it. Okay, thanks, good. I look forward to our follow-up. Definitely. <laughs> thanks for hanging. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. And if you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Thanks to Trish for hanging out with me. We could have chatted for hours about all things Canadiana, all things wrestling, all things momhood. So we'll have to have her back on at some point, 100%. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, learned a little bit more about Trish. Just got to hear us shoot the breeze for a little bit. I'm trying to swear less. Are we noticing this? No, but I am working on it. I think about it sometimes. Um, All right, guys. Thank you. This has been Oral Sessions. Talk to you next time. 